Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'gfiruhu. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdihillah falamudillalah. Wa man yudlil falantajida lahu waliyan murshida. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah al-ahadu al-qahhar. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون. Indeed, all praise and thanks belongs to Allah Taala alone. We seek His help, His assistance, and guidance in all things. He whom Allah Taala guides, there is none that can misguide Him. And He whom Allah Taala leads astray, there is none that can guide Him except through the will and permission of Allah Taala alone. And I bear witness and testify. That there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al Hashimi al Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O oh, you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as He deserves to be feared, and do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wahli al-uqtatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Alhamdulillah, this is lesson two in our class of tafsir unlocked. Today's lesson is regarding the virtues of Surah Al-Fatiha. Now, it is going to go over the fada'il, the benefits, the virtues of Surah Al-Fatiha, insha'Allah. But before we continue, I just want to check who's been revising. Uh, who can tell me some of the names, one at a time, insha'Allah, that we took last week? Who can tell me some of the names of Al-Fatiha? Bismillah, tafadl. The opening, if it's better, if it's in Arabic, but khalas, let's say Fatiha Al-Kitab. Next. As-Salah. Second. Al-Kafi. Al-Kafiya. But it's okay. It's okay. Al-Kitab. Al-Shifa. But anyways, that's good. That's all right. We'll say that's right. Al-Ruqya. Al-Mathani. Al-Asas. Al-Kadz, Al-Wafiyah, Umm Al-Quran, Umm Al-Kitab, Al-Hamd, awesome. Already took it? Ah, yes, 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 yes. Al-Mathani and Sab'a Al-Mathani, ay. Al-Quran Al-Azim, we took that as well. And Al-Salah and Surah Al-Salah, anything else? Al-Wafiyah, okay. Let's just yeah, pretend that we got all of them. Uh, how many did we take from At-Tabari? How many did he mention? Three. We took them all. How many did Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah mention? Eleven. How many did we take? Ten. MashaAllah, that was a trick question. We tried to get you there. Now, how many did we take from Ibn Kathir? Two. All of يعني, the names that we've taken, how many were they from the three books? He's good at maths, mashaAllah alayh. Fifteen names of Surah Al-Fatiha which we took last week. Now, today's lesson is regarding Surah Al-Fatiha as a, as a whole chapter of the Qur'an. And that which has been narrated regarding the Surah as a complete chapter of the Qur'an and not individual verses of the ch- chapter itself. Now, this is important for us to understand and differentiate between the two. Is that 
For example, a chapter of the Qur'an can have certain virtues that have been mentioned and certain verses in those chapters can have virtues. Right? So some chapters can have virtues and sometimes some of the verses inside of the chapters can have virtues. Now for instance, Surah Al-Baqarah. Just so we help go through an example. Surah Al-Baqarah is a chapter that has a beginning and an end. Right? We know that the one who recites it from the beginning to the end, it is a protection from the shaitan. Yes? The Prophet says it's collected by Imam Muslim in his Sahih on the authority of Abu Hurairah who stated, the Messenger of Allah said, do not make your houses into graves. Right? Do not make your houses into graves. For the shaitan flees from a house in which Surah Al-Baqarah is recited. So, we know from this hadith, that reading Surah Al-Baqarah from one to, yani from the beginning to its end, is going to be a protection for the whole house. For the whole house. So this is a virtue of what? Surah Al-Baqarah. Yes? Now this is something unique to this chapter. And it was not mentioned, for instance, Surah Al-Ankabut. It was mentioned about Surah Al-Baqarah. Not about Surah Al-Ikhlas. This, yani if someone says... What's the difference? Surah here, surah there. This one's three verses. That one has got over 200. So I'm just going to take the three verses. I'm going to read it. And it should be protection from shaitan. Just as يعني, Nabi Sallallahu said about Al-Baqarah. But it doesn't work like that. He mentioned a specific surah. What did he mention? Surah Al-Baqarah. And what does it do? Protects you from the shaitan. Protects the house from the shaitan. Now, we know that in Surah Al-Baqarah is a specific verse which is Ayat al-Kursi, right? We know that in the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari on the, uh, the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu an regarding the one who recites Ayat al-Kursi before sleeping, what will he be given? Protection from the shaitan until the morning, yes? So now, over here, this is about a specific verse. So this is about Ayat al-Kursi that it has this effect. So if someone says, I'm reading wal-fajr, and just before he sleeps, it's just one word, right? Because it's a verse. He says, I'm just going to read the, the one verse and I'm going to go to sleep. And I'm expecting protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because what's the difference? A verse here, a verse from there? No. Some verses have particular virtues, have particular merits. Now over here, this wasn't about Surah Al-Baqarah as a whole. It was about Ayat Al-Kursi. So it's a specific verse in a specific chapter, which has a specific virtue. Everyone getting what I'm trying to get at? So sometimes the chapter can have a virtue. Sometimes in the chapter is a verse that can have a separate virtue. And sometimes it's about a different chapter altogether and sometimes it's not mentioned. But we know all of the Quran is Mubarak from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's Kalamullah. It's يعني, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From him it began and unto him it will return. So inshallah what we're talking about today is that these are the virtues of Surah Al-Fatiha as a chapter. And if there are certain things mentioned about specific verses, we'll take them when we take the verses. So this is يعني, a qaida for the rest of the class. Right? So sometimes, like the virtues of Ayat al-Kursi, we won't take them when we do al-Baqarah in the beginning. We'll take it when we get to Ayat al-Kursi. Everyone get that? Alhamdulillah. So the virtues of Surah Al-Fatiha. Imam al-Qurtabi rahimahullah says that Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah collected a hadith on the authority of Abu Sa'id Al-Mu'allami, who said that I was once praying in the masjid and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam called out to me 
But I did not respond to him. Therefore, I said, O Messenger of Allah, indeed I was praying. In another narration, he says, it states that he quickened his prayer, finished it quickly, so that he could go to the Prophet ﷺ after he had finished praying. The Messenger of Allah ﷺ was sitting, so he went to the Prophet ﷺ and said, Ya Rasulullah, I was praying. Indeed, I was praying. That's why I didn't يعني, respond to you. So then the Messenger of Allah ﷺ replied and said, Has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not stated, Istajibu lillahi wa lirrasooli idha da'akum Respond to Allah and the Messenger if He calls you. So I'm calling you. He didn't respond. But didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to respond? Even if you're praying, you break your prayer, you respond to me. This is what the Messenger of Allah sallallahu is saying. However, after he taught him that, he said, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu said that I will definitely teach you a chapter of the Qur'an, that it is the greatest chapter before you leave the masjid. I'm going to teach you, right? I'm going to teach you the best chapter of the Qur'an, the greatest chapter of the Qur'an, before you leave the masjid. And it says, then he took my hand and he started to walk out. He took my hand and then he began to walk out with me. So in one of the narrations he said, I started to walk slowly because we're getting close to the end of the door and the Prophet ﷺ hasn't said anything to me. So يعني, he starts to walk slower. And then but he says, when he was close to leaving the masjid, I said to him, did you not say, definitely I will teach you a chapter that is the greatest chapter of the Qur'an? He's asked the messenger, didn't you say that to me, O Messenger of Allah? You said that you're going to teach me before we leave the masjid, you're going to teach me something? And then he said, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord of the worlds. The first verse of the Qur'an. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa says, and it is the seven often repeated verses, and the great Qur'an that was given to me. Sab'ul Mathani and Al-Qur'an Al-Azim. In this hadith, what we see, is that the you know, Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has clearly given this ummah clear direction of what the greatest chapter of the Qur'an is. The greatest chapter of the Qur'an is Surah Al-Fatiha. I'll just check if you guys are awake or not. No, <laughs> Surah Al-Fatiha is the greatest chapter of the Qur'an. So this is obviously what? A virtue of the Surah, something that separates it from other Surah. It means it's the greatest chapter of the Qur'an. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah mentions an athar, a narration from Imam Al-Mujahid rahimahullah. He says that Iblis, may the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon him, scram out in pain and sadness four times. Iblis, scram out in pain, cried out in pain four times. The first is he cried out in pain and sadness when he was cursed. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cursed him. He cried out in pain the second time when he was banished from the paradise. When he was banished, removed from the paradise, never to return. The third is that he cried out in pain when Muhammad was sent. He cried out out of sadness and pain. And the fourth is that he cried out in pain and sadness when the opening of the book Fatihatul Kitab was revealed. Shaitan, at this moment, these four moments, felt complete despair, where he cried out in pain and sadness, because of the blessings 
of Al-Fatiha, what it has, he knows what it means. He knows what it means. That's how significant it was to Shaytan. And he knows that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was going to be the final messenger. That after this, khalas, this is it. There's nothing coming other than now Jahannam is close. Compared to when Adam Alayhi Salam uh, came, compared to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam coming. So there's a difference. So he knows that now this is the end. And the second time was when he was banished onto the earth. When he was banished to the earth, banished from the paradise, khalas, he's never going back. That's the last time he saw Jannah. And when he was cursed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knew that that's it. There's no way of coming back. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala curses someone, khalas. It's a seal upon their heart. It's a seal upon them. The curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a final judgment. And after that comes, there's no coming back. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection, Ya Rabb. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah mentions that Imam Al-Tirmidhi rahimahullah collected on the authority of Ubay ibn Ka'ab radiallahu anhu said Tirmidhi narrates a hadith on the authority of Ubay ibn Ka'ab radiallahu anhu said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not revealed in the Torah nor the Injil the likes of the leader of the Quran, Umm Al-Quran and the seven repeated verses, Sab'ul Mathani So this hadith is saying that it was nothing like this was revealed before. Ibn Hibban rahimahullah writes, as quoted by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give to the reader of the Torah and the Injil like he gives to the lead, reader of the leader of the Quran. That the ajr that someone gets is going to be more in Al-Fatiha than someone who reads any portion of the Torah and the Injil. And he says, that just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored this nation over other nations, He has given a greater reward to the reader of the words of the Quran more than He has given to those, uh, to the reader of the other revelations. And this is a favor from Him to this nation. This is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His favor. That if you read the Quran, you're going to get more of a reward than anyone who was sent before. Reading their books. Now it's corrupt, so we tell you not to read the book, right? So you're supposed to read the Quran, stick to the Quran, read the Quran from cover to cover, and that's where the reward is. But it, yani, in that time, the reward of reading a page of the Torah, right, is not like our time where it's a page of the Quran. You're going to get more of a reward, as mentioned by an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah mentions a quote by Ibn Al-Arabi Not Ibn Arabi Ibn Alif Lam Arabi Right? There's a difference between the two One was a Maliki scholar and one wasn't Right? And that's all I'm going to say After the class if someone wants to ask When it's not recorded We'll go into it a little bit detail In a little bit of detail But one was a scholar a Maliki scholar, and one was Sahib Futuhat Makkiya, a book that you should not read. Uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. But Ibn al-Arabi, when you hear the scholars mentioned, yani mention uh, a scholar and the works of a scholar in some good respect, they're mentioning this one, Ibn al-Arabi, with an alif lam on the Arabi. There's a, alif lam makes such a difference, subhanAllah. But he says, Ibn al-Arabi rahimahullah, Mentions as, as quoted by Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah regarding this hadith He says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not revealed in the Torah Nor the Injil 
and he says he was silent on the rest of the books like the Suhuf and the Zabur and other than it. This is due to which was mentioned are the best. That that which was that which was mentioned are the best. So if something was the best of the best, I know it's getting confusing, but if something was the best of the best, then it is the best of all. So over here, what he is saying is that over here, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, just because he doesn't say that Allah has not revealed in the Torah, the Injil, the Zabur, the Suhuf, right? He didn't list all of them. He just said what? Torah and what? Injil. He didn't mention the rest of the books. So he says just because he didn't mention the rest of the books, it doesn't mean that in the rest of it is something that is better than Fatiha. He's saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not revealed in the previous scriptures, because the best of the previous scriptures was the Torah and the Injil. So it means by default, it is going to be better than the Qur'an is going to be better than the rest of it as well, right? The Fatiha is going to be better by default than all the other previous scriptures. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the hadith itself, what is it? That Allah has not revealed in the Torah nor the Injil like Umm al-Qur'an, the leader of the Qur'an, yes? So did Allah mention the Zabur here? The Zabur was given to Dawood alayhi salam, right? But did he mention it here? So does this mean in the Zabur is something better than al-Fatiha? No, what it means is that because the Torah and the Injil are seen as greater by default, it is included in this and does not have the likes of Al-Fatiha. Why am I mentioning this? It seems يعني, obvious, right? But Ibn Hibban mentioned it and Imam Al-Qurtubi mentioned it, which means that it's important, important enough to mention. right? So Imam Al-Qurtubi mentions this in his tafsir. So this is يعني, sometimes those... Nitty gritty obvious things يعني, In the beginning of Al-Dur uh, al-Mantur uh, Of Surah Al-Fatiha Imam Al-Suyuti's uh, uh, Tafsir One of the first narrations he start with, starts with Is that one of the Salaf Stated that Fatiha is from the Quran right, Some of these nitty gritty Obvious things They've been mentioned by our Salaf So we have to go over it We have to go over the virtues Whatever is mentioned insha'Allah We have to take heed And we have to deem it important insha'Allah Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, collected a hadith on the authority of Abu Hurairah, radiallahu an, that the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, whoever prays a prayer and does not read in it the leader of the Qur'an, Umm al-Qur'an, then his prayer is incomplete, then his prayer is incomplete, then his prayer is incomplete. But it was said to Abu Hurairah, we find ourselves behind the Imam. We pray behind the Imams. Yani, they lead the prayers, they recite loudly, we're behind them, we're silent. What do we do? Right? This is a question that they had to Abu Hurairah. So it means that it's an important question because it's a question from the Tabi'in. So they say we, we're behind the Imam, so what do we do? And then Abu Hurairah from his fiqh, he said, read it by yourselves. Read it by yourselves silently. For indeed, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I have divided the prayer into two between myself and my servant and for my servant is what he has asked for. And then the hadith continues. And when the servant says, Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen 
All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the worlds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Hamidani abdi, that my servant has praised me. Allah is responding. Every time you recite Al-Fatiha in the prayer, Allah responds to you. So the first response is, Hamidani abdi, that my servant has praised me. And when the servant says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim The most merciful, the most compassionate Qala Allah Ta'ala Athna alayya abdi That my servant has exalted me Again Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim You're saying a verse and Allah is responding to you Then when you say Maliki Yawmiddin The master of the day of judgment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that my servant has glorified me. Majjadani abdi. Waqala marra fawwada ilayya abdi. Right? My servant has glorified me. And in another time he says, my servant has submitted to me. And then when the servant says, Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'een. You alone do we worship and you alone do we seek assistance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, This is between me and my slave, and for my slave is what he asks. And then the hadith continues and says, And when he says, Guide us to the straight path. The path upon which you have blessed And not the path who you are angry with Nor those who are misguided Allah responds to this as well And he says This is for my slave And for my slave is what he has asked Every time you recite Al-Fatiha right, What do we do now? I mean you don't even give any chance of a response. Allah is responding to you. You're rushing. You're on the last verse. He has. Astaghfirullah. Give each verse its right from the Sunnah is that the Prophet ﷺ would reach each, read each verse and then pause. He wouldn't connect in the Fatiha. Generally speaking, the Hadith says he would read each verse separately. Not. Connecting the verses, how we quickly do it now, right? It's not supposed to be like that. Take a breath. Take a moment in between each verse. Ponder over the meaning and the response of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is responding to you. So why are you trying to take that away? He's giving you what you ask for. You're asking for the most, most important part of your prayer, right? This is why you have to repeat it every single rak'ah. Not that in one time you read it in your prayer, khalas, you sorted. You have to recite it in every single unit. So take your time with it. Don't rush the Fatiha. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection, Ya Rabb. Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah continues and he says, in another part, Afwan, uh, he says, in al-Fatiha is characteristics that are not found in any other chapters of the Qur'an. In the Fatiha is characteristics that are not found in any in, in the other chapters of the Qur'an To the point where it has been said That the entire Qur'an is in Al-Fatiha 
the entire Quran is in Al-Fatiha. And he says, and it is 25 words. Al-Fatiha is 25 words. And in it, it encompasses all of the ulum of the Quran. All of the sciences and the teachings of the Quran in 25 words. Subhanallah. 25 words. And he says, and from its honor is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has divided it between him and his, and his slave. And it is not acceptable to come close to him except by it. Yani, how does one come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Huh? The salah, the prayer. And he's saying it is not acceptable to come close to him except if you read it. Yani your prayer is null and void if you don't come with Al-Fatiha. This is from the honor of Al-Fatiha. The virtue of Al-Fatiha. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has first divided it between him and his slave. That's the first thing. The second is that not only has he divided it, then what he does is that he has made it a condition that your prayer is accepted. You can't come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except through it. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says, and it is because of this meaning that everything comes back to the Qur'an, it became the leader of the Qur'an. Umm Al-Qur'an. Because in these 25 words, everything in the Qur'an comes back to it, because of this, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says, that it is Umm Al-Qur'an, because of this, the leader of the Qur'an. Subhanallah, a bonus fa'idah from Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah. He says the entire Qur'an is three things. The entire Qur'an is three. What is it? At-Tawheed, the pure monotheistic creed. The second is Ahkam, legal rulings and legislations. And the third is Al-Wa'adh, admonishments. Al-Wa'adh, admonishments. Yani reminders. So, subhanAllah, every verse of the Qur'an comes back to either one of these three. You can put it somewhere in these three. One of our mashayikh, subhanAllah, in the first semester that we took uh, a tafsir, and this was when we were uh, speaking broken Arabic, we're still speaking broken Arabic, but uh, in the first semester or second semester of Al-Ma'had in the Arabic Institute in Al-Madina, he basically came in and it was the first time we're taking tafsir, from Juz Amma or some verses of Juz Amma, and he came in first lesson and he says, the entire Quran is Tawheed. Everything is Tawheed. Every single verse is Tawheed. And he's like, come with an ayah, and I'll tell you how it's Tawheed. And then we're just like, Alif, Lam, Mim. And then he's like, you have to believe in it. That it's Wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that it's Kalamullah, it's from Tawheed. It's from Tawheed. And then we're just trying to get him, you know what I mean, from different angles. But he had an answer for every single thing. He says, everything is Tawheed. Everything is Tawheed. Anyways, coming back to it, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, after mentioning what these three things about the Qur'an, he says, Al-Fatiha, in the Fatiha, is a Tawheed, monotheism, the creed. He says, in Al-Fatiha, is Ibadah, worship. And then he says, in Al-Fatiha, is Al-Wa'adh, wa-Tathkir, admonishments and reminders. So, he says, and this is not far-fetched, when considering the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't be shocked to think that in 25 words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in it the meanings of the entire Qur'an. 
He says this is from the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This shows you the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where he has made al-Fatiha the leader of the Qur'an. Subhanallah. Imam al-Baghawi, rahimahullah, he quotes a hadith collected by Imam Muslim in his sahih on the authority of Ibn Abbas radiallahu an, who says this hadith is not normal. This hadith is masha'Allah. He says, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he says, بَيْنَمَا جِبْرِيلُ قَاعِدٌ عِنْدَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Whilst Jibreel alayhi salam was sitting with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, سَمِعَ نَقِيضًا مِنْ فَوْقِهِ He heard, Jibreel heard the sound of a door creaking open from above him. It's from Sahih Muslim, it's authentic. Okay, Jibreel hears a noise in the sky and he hears the, يعني, a door opening. And then he says, it's the hadith continues, he says, فَرَفَعَ رَأْسَهُ فَقَالْ He lifted up his head in another narration, he looked towards the sky. And then he says, فَقَالَ هَذَا بَابٌ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ فُتِحَ الْيَوْمِ لَمْ يُفْتَحْ قَطْ إِلَّا الْيَوْمِ He says, this is a door in the sky that, this is a door in the heavens that has opened and it has never opened before today. Before today, it's never been opened. Today is the first time this door in the sky, this door in the heavens, has opened. And then he says, فَنَزَلَ مِنْهُ مَلَكٌ That from this door descended an angel. فَقَالَ هَذَا مَلَكٌ نَزَلَ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ لَمْ يَنْزِلْ قَطْ إِلَّا الْيَوْمِ He says that this is an angel who has descended to the earth and he has never descended previously before today. He's never descended before today. This is an angel that has never seen the earth before today. This is the first time he's here. Fasallam. The angel who has come now gives salam. To Jibreel and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But then he addresses the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Faqala abshir binurain. Utitahuma lam yu'tahuma nabiyun qablak. He says, glad tidings to you of two lights that you have been given that was never given to a prophet before you. Abshir binurain. Glad tidings of two lights that you have been given, no one before you has been given this. Fatihatul kitabi wa khawatimu suratil baqarah. The opening of the book, al Fatiha. And the ending of Surah Al-Baqarah, the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. لَن تَقْرَأْ بِحَرْفٍ مِّنْهُمَا إِلَّا أُعْطِيْتَهِ He says that you will not read a single letter. Not a word. The angel is saying that you will not read a single letter from these two, except that you will be granted it. What's Al-Fatiha in the last two verses of, of Baqarah? What is it? What's the theme of it though? Huh? Tawheed, yes, but I, you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's supplication, right? sirat al-mustaqim. You're asking, it's a talab from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you're asking these two verses, in these three, two parts of the Qur'an, you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala four things, right? And over here, the angel is saying that any word, you, any letter you say, harf, 
any letter you read, you're going to be granted it. Subhanallah. My brothers and sisters, do the angels have free will? No. Can they descend ala kefun? Like whenever they feel like coming down, they come down? No. So what does this mean? Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened a door from the heavens, right? From the sky. And he sent down an angel who has never been sent down before. Does this mean that what's gonna come from this angel is something and it's anything? It means that what's coming is extremely important. Something that hasn't been done before, something to show how exclusive something is, how special and noble something is. So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded this angel to give the glad tidings to an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that it is unique to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, these two portions of the Quran, Al-Fatiha and the end of Surah Al-Baqarah, that it is nur, it is light, a guiding light that helps the believers and that the supplications in these two parts of the Quran are accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, continuing, there is a hadith that is referenced by many of the tafasir like Ibn Kathir, Imam Al-Suyuti and those before him like I, off the top of my head I think Imam Al-Qurtubi also and the hadith is found in both Bukhari and Muslim which was narrated by Abu Sa'id Al-Khudri radiallahu an. and the hadith is very very famous and a lot of you must have already heard this hadith uh, imagine I say so خلاص, we're not going to take it now <laughs> so the hadith is that a group of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were traveling and they went to a village of the Arab and they asked for their hospitality but they were refused the hospitality of this town. So they went and from the culture of the Arabs, culture of Islam even, is that you are entitled to hospitality if you're a traveler. So they went but these people refused to host them and subhanallah the companions went and they settled close by. They didn't stay in the village, they just went close by. All of a sudden, the townspeople came to this group of companions of the Prophet ﷺ and they started to say in a panicked mode, our chief has been poisoned by a bite, perhaps a snake bite or a scorpion bite, but right? he, he's been poisoned, he's been bit by something. Does anyone know, does any one of you know how to perform a ruqyah? Does anyone know how to do a spiritual cleaning, the spiritual yani, reading? Afwan? So, two things are important here is that Ar-Ruqiyah was known to the Arabs before Islam. However, they had Ar-Ruqiyah Ash-Shirkiyah. Ar-Ruqiyah that was based and premised on shirk, premised on the assistance of jinn and the devils. However, our Ruqiyah, Ar-Ruqiyah Shar'iyah, is what? Premised on Al-Quran was Sunnah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Assistance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, anyways, they come and they ask, does anyone know how to do ruqya here? So one person says, me. And then in another narration it says, I actually didn't know. <laughs> I wasn't a specialist in ruqya by any means. Right? But he says, me. And he says, because we came to you before and you didn't host us, I'm not going to read to you 
upon your chief unless you give us something now. Yeah, we're not going to read on you for free. No. So they agreed on 30 sheep. 30 sheep. And then he says, all right, I'm going to go read on him now. Right? So this is a person who's not like a khabir in, in ruqya by any means. Right? So he goes up to this person, and when he gets to this person, this person is like on the brink of death, paralyzed. And then he says, so I read on him, Surah Al-Fatiha, seven times. I read on him, Surah Al-Fatiha, seven times. And then, subhanAllah, the hadith says that he got up as if nothing happened to him. As if no bite happened. Complete cure. Instantaneous, complete cure. Subhanallah. So then he takes his sheep, right? And he goes back to the companions. I've got 30 sheep now. But they all start to feel a bit guilty. Like, bro, we, we, we shouldn't have, like, can't touch it, can't eat it because we don't know it's shak. This is how much they cared about halal and haram. Not after the effect. They have it now, but they haven't actually benefited from it. They've just, khalas. They've got the meat there. Yani the sheep there, afwan. And then they say, we got to go back to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and ask him about what we have done. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he smiled in one of the narrations and he says, what made you come to know that it was ruqya? How do you know that it was ruqya? Approving of what they did. And then some of the scholars say, to help them still feel at ease, he says, split it amongst yourselves, yani those group of sahaba that went, and he says, put me in the, shari- in, the, in the share as well and split for me a share too. That I'm going to even take from this. There's no harm upon what you have done. It's halal for me too. Right? I wasn't even there, but Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he takes a share too. MashaAllah. So over here, something that is important, yani this, this hadith, you'll hear it yani a lot of times by people who have agendas. Right? They say that over here, these companions did an action that didn't have a dalil for it, which means we can do actions that don't have dalil for it. And they say, and I, I've read this with my own eyes, right? Over here, this group of companions, they did an action. Nabi Sallallahu didn't tell them that Fatiha was a ruqya. He asked them, how did you know that it was a ruqya? So then they say, we can do things, right? That Nabi Sallallahu didn't tell us. These companions, they're our guide. We follow the salaf. Right? They, this is how they try to, yani, hiyal, deception from the shaitan. So we say to them, let us ask the Prophet about the deed that you're trying to do. And if he says yes, we'll do it too. But because the Nabi isn't taking questions at the moment, then I'm sorry, we have to say that in Yawm Al Qiyamah, that's when we find out whether we can do it or not. It's simple. Give me something where I can ask in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I can't ask in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Khalas. I can't do anything about it. He's not taking any questions at the moment. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is is he amongst us? If he was, we would have asked him. We send our salawat ala Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We don't ask him questions in the in the salawat. Oh Allah, we send our salutations to you. But just a quick question. Sakhfurullah. This is the, يعني, I think this is disrespectful to the Prophet right? Some people might think that this is يعني, It's not the adab that you're supposed to have with the Prophet So we send our salutations to him And we follow the guide that he gave But because he isn't here We can't ask him these questions So we limit ourselves to that which was mentioned And then now what happens 
this reading seven times becomes a sunnah. So now, subhanallah, the power of the Fatiha on actual sickness and disease. We see it in this hadith. Hadith is authentic, completely sahih and Bukhari and Muslim. Shifa from the point of death, someone's being paralyzed by a bite, a poisonous, venomous bite. And he gets up as if nothing has happened. Subhanal Khaliq. This is the power of the verses themselves, subhanAllah. The power of the Quran on actual illness. Yani wallahi billahi tallahi it works. It's personally, yani, sometimes I have had aches and yani, his body has gone through too much at yani, 28 and subhanAllah. <laughs> We're getting old too young, bro. Allah understand. But sometimes yani, you read on yourself Al Fatiha and you instantaneously feel khalas, it's gone. It's ajib. Really, and if it doesn't work, what happens if it doesn't work? Right? Someone gets bit, <laughs> he's in the outback, he gets a, a bite, yeah, and he, some redback gets him, and then he's reading Fatiha, <laughs> and nothing happens to him. Right? Nothing happens to him. He tries to read Fatiha, but he's slurring and stuff. What happens to him then? <laughs> Allah is big. Uh, what happens? Safa, the, the Ruqya has three conditions. Ruqya itself has three conditions. That which is read, right? So you have to read Al-Fatiha properly, or the Quran properly, or the Dua properly. You can't have lahan jali in your Qira'ah, right? You're saying, يعني, I don't even want to make an example, but يعني, don't change a ha to a kha, right? Of alhamdu, you you say something else. So don't have يعني, a lahan that's jali, some يعني, dis- يعني, uh, you can't read the Fatiha properly, right? You can't do that. That's the first thing. So what you are reading. The second is who is reading? So the person that's reading has to be a mu'min, a believer in what he reads. He has to understand what he's reading. He has to know what he's saying. And he can't be some munafiq or someone who has ilhad. Wallahi, we know of stories that mulhideen, atheists, or people who are agnostic, people who didn't have any faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, had shak in the wujud of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were doing ruqya for money. Right? They, they have doubt in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but they're healing people through a ruqya. So the second is, who is reading? And the third is, who is the reading being done, done upon? The place that the ruqya is done upon. That it's a place that's accepting. The place, يعني, for instance, the person completely has complete yaqeen in the ruqya. He believes in a ruqya. He's not someone that's doubtful about the ruqya. One of our mashayikh, Sheikh Saud Duaijan, Hafizahullah ta'ala, he was telling us that if someone even says, Njarrib, let's try a ruqya, it won't work. Because your full yaqeen is in there. That wasn't your first choice. You say, let's try, as if it's just an option, it's not going to work. He says, if someone says the word, let's try, no, it's not going to work now. Because your whole heart, heart isn't in it. It's just an attempt. It might work, it might not work. Some of the other scholars, subhanAllah, have stated that the, the person who's reading a ruqya or whatever it is, they have to do it يعني, focus. To the point where some of them have said that sometimes, yes, you might have to read more than the number that's mentioned. So over here, seven times might not work for you. Maybe 11 times works. Some of the scholars have allowed you to go over this number for specific reasons like this. That يعني, it didn't happen at a certain number, it might happen if you go a bit more. And some of it might happen even less. 
some of yani, yani sometimes you read Fatiha three times and it goes away. Right? But sometimes you might have to keep reading, keep reading, keep reading, keep reading, and it'll go, it'll go away, inshallah. But you have to come with the conditions of a ruqya. And that was yani, a bit of a sidetrack. Uh, Imam Suyuti rahimahullah mentions a hadith that is collected in Imam Ahmad uh, by Imam Ahmad in his Musnad on the authority of Abdullah ibn Jabir radiallahu an that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him. The Messenger of Allah is asking this companion, he says, Shall I not inform you bi akhyar? Should I not inform you of the best bi akhyar, the best chapter revealed in the Quran? And then he says, Of course, O Messenger of Allah, he said, Fatihatul Kitab, the opening book. He continues and says, This is the extra bit, this is something that he says, I think. I think, Abdullah ibn Jabir says, I think he also stated, and in it is a cure from every sickness. So this lafthia is something that the companion had a shak about. But the hadith itself is authentic. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So with this, alhamdulillah, I know there was a lot of rep- repetition in there. It was a lot of repetitiveness. Uh, but يعني, you have to understand what we're getting to. What is it? Fatiha is the greatest chapter of the Qur'an And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given it so much importance As starting the Qur'an with it And ensuring that all of your prayers have it in there In every single unit that you pray Now, there are many other narrations that can be found But what we have mentioned today Is that which is authentic Wallahu a'lam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best That which I found to be authentic In the books of tafsir and hadith for the books of tafsir, let's just say tafsir because hadith is a bit bigger of an ocean. But what I could not find any authentic chains for was that the Fatiha is a cure for every poison. This is a hadith that is mentioned. I couldn't find any hadith that was sahih for this. That the Fatiha is attached to the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mu'allakun ala al-arsh. I couldn't find this also as an authentic hadith. That the Fatiha is kanz. Uh, by the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That it is from the treasures By the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And other statements That are mentioned I couldn't find authentic transmissions to them May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive me if there are uh, But these are the authentic, يعني, the statements that I have found That are authentic That are mentioned in the books of tafsir And with that inshallah we conclude Barakallahu feekum Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.